Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotic. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Marklin and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. It also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buy and selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. We are back from uh, the NARBC trip to Tindley Park, and what a trip it was! That it was. What's going it on, was, Owen? 
it was something. I mean, that was uh, – I, I do always enjoy the uh, reptile show and the occasional reptile road trip, but, God, driving at Tinley is something else completely different. It's, uh, it's a monster all its own, but we, we survived. Nobody, you know, punched each other out on the road or, uh, you know, we didn't break down or anything stupid. So, yeah, it was <laughs> – but it was a – it was one hell of a good time out there. I loved it. So I'm looking forward to next October. So. Oh, hell yeah. Every, uh, every year seems to get better and better. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start. I mean, I guess. Um, From the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the drive for us is what, what was it? 11 hours. 10 hours. All seven and 11 10 hours. hours. Yeah. 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 It seems so that we the left, drive. Uh, it's longer than it is, but I mean, we left. You guys left Matt's place around what eight thirty or seven thirty ish, something like that. Yep. Yeah, because he got up to me at around like nine thirty, and that's when we left here, and uh, you know, drove out and had some interesting conversations and learned some new <laughs> things about each other. Yeah, especially so about true. Owen. Uh, Owen's hatred for Sasquatch hunters. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we had a heated, uh, not not a heated debate, but a debate. I about, was, I'll say it was freaking heated. Pissed me off. Bobo and his Sasquatch hunters. Sasquatch hunters, and you're there like, well, uh, it could have been so much. Shut the fuck up. Oh yeah, there was a lot of yelling and proved to me that it's not true. Well, you know, if somebody goes out in the woods and shoots a monkey, I'll believe you. Until then, get the hell away from me. Uh, yeah. 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 That always makes for a good road day. trip conversation. This is why we don't record our uh, road banter because no snake talk would happen. We would just be looking like idiots. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it seems that we start as snakes and then uh, we slowly move uh, towards other topics, and then it goes back to snakes and then back to other topics, and yeah, you know, just to, uh, to 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 circle around. So, but um, yeah, we had uh, you know we took the road trip with um, Zach Baez from Dark Side Exotics and um, Matt Minitola from Philly Herp. Uh, mm-hmm. so, no, that was good. And, um, you know, I mean, Tinley itself, um, you know, walking around, uh, seemed like there was, um, you know, more boas than ball pythons. I thought, I don't, I, I could be wrong, but that's kind of the feel that I got. Um, there were a lot of, there were a lot of different things. I mean, there was definitely a lot of boas and there's definitely a lot of ball pythons. There was a lot of other stuff too. Um, I will say that there was a lot of mix. I mean, this is the first time I've ever seen palmetto corn snakes in uh, the uh, uh, in the flesh. In the flesh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, so, and, and a few other animals that you don't really ever get to see. I mean, olive pythons were there, and a few other things. But I, I will definitely say you were correct. There were a lot of boa and ball python oriented people. Not as many retic people as I've seen in the past, and um, you know, uh, 
I think a lot of, I don't even want to say frog people, or even that many like Dendrobate or people like that. It was just a, a lot of snakes, a lot of snakes. So, yeah, I mean, traffic. The traffic on um, Saturday was uh, seemed to be really good, um, much mm-hmm. better than Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday seemed to be more along the lines of, uh, you know, people just coming with their family to check out a reptile show type of deal. Yeah, or the people who had already kind of made up their minds on Saturday where they were going were coming to, you know, make their decision or finish or pay it off or pick it up and then maybe grab something else that may have caught their eye the day before. Um, I will say there was one thing. There was not a lot of, you know, uh, I'll think about it and I'll come back on Sunday and if it's here, I'll buy it. There was a lot of, I want this money on table. So, um, a lot of people were decisive coming in and grabbing stuff and going, so grabbing what they wanted, you know, um, I mean, as far as, uh, carpet row goes, um, let's see who was all there. We had, uh, uh, Julie was there, uh, from GFX Moralia. We had Jason Dale in there, uh, from East coast serpents, Howard Redding from Redding reptile breeders, uh, Mm -hmm. Andrew Paris from Paris reptiles had, uh, some select jungles on the table. Um, who else do we have? Uh, I'm trying to think who else was selling uh, carpets. Well, selling carpets. Well, Chris Rendles was there, but he was floating. Uh, Brian from Herpin House was there. He was kind of floating too. I don't know. If, I think he had a few animals on Howard's table. But okay. then there was this hobbity looking fellow um <laughs> with and this ogre like creature that hung around with him so uh yeah they were off this at the end um so but i think that was it really with carpet row i mean uh todd from psychotic exotics was off to the side and so was philip from star pythons they were off on their own um uh away from carpet row and I want to say, what was the other one? Da Vinci Boa was there as well. Yeah, they had some carpets on the table. Yep. 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 And I think that was it at Amorelli. And of course, you had some scattered ones. Um, some people were showing me pictures of uh, caramels and bread lye that were in deli cups in like a stack. Like it was like eight deli cups deep stack of like bread lye for like. What was it like seventy five bucks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, congratulations! I I I did sell a brettle that day, so I'm like, congratulations! They can sell that entire stack, and you know, it, I still won't care. So, you know, but yeah, it was a there was a good representation of Morelia. I liked it. Yeah, I wish there would have been a little more on the Condro end of it, but um, yeah. you know we had uh, Ryan, Ryan Burke and Jason Stevens were there from uh, mm-hmm. Colorado Condros, and um, you know they had uh, they had that one animal that, that was one. on the tape was five thousand bucks uh, worth, you know, probably. A, that was that was one of those price, That was one of those. That was one of those. I'm putting this on the table, and if somebody wants to give me five thousand dollars, I will part with it, but. If they don't, I'm not going to be that upset about it. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's one of those, like, please don't buy this kind of um, things. Uh, Julie had her chondros, too. 
Um, yeah, she had a few. Yep. Yep. And not Condros, but Chad Gray was there. And he brought a ton of white lips. And when I say a ton, I mean like six. But that's a ton in Owen mind. So uh, I got to drool over those for a while. And then Ari was there too with his setup. And he didn't have any animals, but he had all his Indonesian skulls and stuff like that. So, Yeah, which were really cool. Um, you know, I've seen him yeah. post them online, but when you see them uh, in person, uh, it's it really quite impressive. Yeah, um, they are. So he gave. Uh, he also gave a talk, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't get to go to it, but I know Zach went to it, and Bill... Uh, Stiegel went to it, and they uh, they both said that it was a very very good talk. Um, they talked right. a lot about that. This was pretty cool. But we'll have to get um, Ari to come on and and chat about it. But um, yeah. he was saying that they had a picture of a woman, and her fingers oh. were all like on the nubs. And basically, what happens uh, over there is when somebody in their family dies, um, they ting- take off a joint of their finger and they they cut it off with a rock. They don't cut it off. They smash it off with a rock, and they start <laughs> with the first knuckle of each finger, and then when you run out of those people, you move to the second knuckle. So they said that these people are down to, like, the last knuckle of their hands because that many people have died in their family, and they said yeah. that they can't feed themselves. And also, so I'm like, oh, my God. It is insanely <laughs> interesting, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, so that, that is kind of kind of weird, but you know, a little freaky. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was was pretty cool. Yeah. I wish I would have had a chance to uh, to check that talk yeah. out for sure, but you yeah. got to stay at if your you, table, you know. Yeah, if you had gone to the talk, I would have stolen a uh, tiger head albino. I, I had a few instances where I could have got <laughs> uh, caved. Yeah, I I found that um, more than anything, uh, the Saturday night festivities were probably my favorite thing of the whole weekend. Um, you know, oh, I really God. got to uh, hang out with a bunch of people and made my way mm-hmm. around and got to talk to, uh, you know, I got to talk for to uh, Chris uh, from Mystic Reptiles, which was uh, mm-hmm. which was cool because he's made his way into the Carpet Python world, and uh, that's yes. always fun to see. You know, I mean, he had carpets before, but uh, to make his way and 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 get some, uh, you know, some some higher end stuff and and really uh, sort of take the plunge was 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 cool. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, who else did we hang out? Of course, Bill was there uh, and his wife, which uh, was 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 really cool uh, to hang out actually with them both. I mean, you know, that yeah. night uh, they were both awesome company, and uh, you know, it was really good time. Um, who else was there with us? Uh, Lon. Oh Lon yeah, Lon. There. How, I, yeah, Lon was there yeah. the entire time. Yeah. So, Lon shows up the Friday night during setup. Um, because Matt did not drive up with us, he flew in because he had a wedding. Um, which one one time when we go to Tinley, all four of us will be there for the startup, like you know the, the one way. <laughs> Yeah, because last year I had a wedding and this year Matt had a wedding, so no one's allowed to get married in October. All right, no. So it's uh, <laughs> so Lon shows up because he's going to set up Matt's table. Because it, it, I think if you had filmed me trying to set up uh, Borneos and Bloods, it would have been the funniest shit in the world. 
But thank God Lon was there. So Lon shows up and he shows up with, what do you bring? He bring, brought the uh, Corvell or whatever, some, uh, God, what was it? Some alcohol that's like distilled what in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Chicago, was it gin? Brand. Yeah, gin or something like that. So he's pouring cups of that as we're, you know, setting up. And, you know, I've cleared my sinuses. So, um, but he was with us from that point on, and he was, uh, he went home with a few things, and he was grabbing some stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, uh, that was that was that's, a good time. Um, that's what I love about Tim Lee. I mean, Saturday night, we, we left the show. You and I had both made a few sales. So, it was uh, um, Matt's, <laughs> uh, Matt hadn't made any. Well, we went to the restaurant, and he goes, well, I'm eating like I sold something or something like that. <laughs> we're going out By to the dinner, way, and we're eating drinking like we sold stuff. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good. Good. Um, by the way, if you're out of Tinley Park, I recommend, uh, what was it called, Tin Fish? Tin um, Fish. That, Tin Fish. Yeah. yeah that, it's, it's right across the street from the convention center in that little shopping area, and it's a seafood restaurant. But holy crap, was it good. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah, that was uh, probably the best meal of the whole thing. You know, I mean, you know, when when you're going on these trips and you're, yeah, man, it's just go 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 go, and you don't get to eat right and you don't get to sleep right. I mean, basically, you know, I guess we have to think our trip out a little bit better because um, <laughs> <laughs> we we showed up at uh, what time did we get there? Maybe like nine we o'clock. We showed up. We showed up at nine o'clock, and they're like, "You can't check into your hotel till three. And we're like, "Well, shit!" And so we we went to Cracker Barrel and ate breakfast because we arrived and we were like dying. So we got breakfast, and then we can't get into our room. So then we found out that the setup opens up at noon. So okay, so we got like three hours to kill. So we ended up sleeping in the car. We just passed out in the car, and apparently this is what people do. And then we're doing setup. <laughs> And we're doing setup, and Lon's like, you guys are idiots. I stopped in, like, Columbus at a hotel room and then drove the rest of the way today. I just got here. We're like, well, we look like morons. It's like, you know, <laughs> check-in's not until 3 o'clock. Why not break it up? So instead of sleeping in your car for three hours, stop at a little motel and sleep there for a few hours. Yeah, we will do better, I promise. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, Saturday night at first, <laughs> the first night I'm hanging out with, uh, Tim Walton and, um, uh, Chris, uh, from Mystic Reptiles and, uh, his mm-hmm. wife and, and we're just sitting there having <laughs> drinks and All right, I'm yeah. talking to them about, uh, you know, different things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Tim does, uh, Gecko Nation radio and, yeah, yeah. um, it was, uh, it was cool to, to be able to talk to him. I never really got uh, time to really sit down and talk to him for any length of time. And, um, uh, anyway, next thing I know, some crazy drink comes over <laughs> and, uh, you left me alone. Left me alone yeah. my own devices. That was apparently there's, there's going to be a t-shirt made with me sipping some kind of, uh, what was it? it was like a, a cheerleader martini or something? No, and, it was like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're sitting there, we're talking, and I look over and I see you engaged in conversation, doing your thing. And I turn to the table, the table which consisted of uh, Bill, who is a criminal mastermind, um, Zach, 
Lon, Matt, I mean, all the, the heavy hitters were there. So I turn and I go, can we order the dumbest drink on the menu and send it to Eric? And, of course, the table, like, exploded with, like, I'm surprised you didn't hear us screaming about this and laughing. So we, of course, perused the menu, and it was something called a, uh, I think it was, like, a candy crush or candy puff martini or, or uh, like, apple teeny or something stupid like that. Uh-huh. So we called the waitress over, and I'm like, all right, we need you to make this drink, but go all out, like add as much fruit as you can, make it as pink as possible. I don't care what you got to do. Money is no object. Just make it horrible. And we're talking like, we're talking to her. She's laughing and Lon's like, put some whipped cream on it, stick a sparkler in it, tell the waitress it's his birthday, do something. So they go over there and they mix up this drink. And of course the bartender's laughing, the freaking uh, 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 waitress is still laughing. They're mixing it up. It is the pinkest looking crap in the world. And then she sticks one cherry in it. And they're like, that's not good enough. And they see them like making this like dumbbell of cherries and they call it a cheerleader martini or whatever the hell. And they stick it in there and they walk over to you. And of course you're in the middle of like some conversation. You're, you're into it. So this waitress just comes right up to you and goes, uh, this is a drink from your friends over there. And you turn. And of course the table is, waving and laughing and pointing at you and you took a nice little sip but like a good gentleman you pointed your pinky out um bill's wife was hiding over there somewhere taking pictures and recording a video so uh we'll have to get copies of all of that but it was great and <laughs> now now i've set a president where if you if you abandon me i'll just keep sending you dumb drinks so <laughs> yeah that's what that was so, Solana even said that we were we were sitting on other ends of the table, and she's like, "I'm not used to you two being so far apart." And I'm like, "What?" She's like, "You guys got to be like, it's got to be in like the same place." So I'm like, "All right, well, all right." So <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean, yeah, that yeah, that was that was that was classic. So uh, I think uh, um, I think that. Uh, Sorry, I was reading the message that came through. Yep. I think that as far as uh, carpets go, I mean, uh, quality seemed high. Um, yep. There was uh, some really nice jungles that Howard had. Um, yes. Julie's jungles uh, and albino stuff was there. So. Yeah, Julie, yeah, she always has top-notch stuff. Um, <laughs> she had some uh, nice IJs. And you know what was cool? Mm-hmm. Um, I got to meet up with... Um, uh, his name is uh, David. I think his last name is Ch- uh, Chierno. Something. Chir- anyway, I sold him a IJ back in 2012, and uh, he bred the IJ uh, with one he got from Luke Snell. And um, turns out that uh, produced the clutch. And man, these IJs were killer. I mean, they were mm-hmm. really cool. Um, top-notch IJs. Of course, Julie bought them all. So (laughs) 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 there was one left and, uh, you know, I, I, I was like, oh yeah, I really, I I like, I really like this one. And, and, oh yeah, Julie bought that one. I was like, oh man, God damn it. And, um, there was that that red coastal that you guys, um, uh, that, that you wanted and Julie wanted, and I think uh, 
ended up going to Julie that that one that Balin brought because he brought his crazy ass Reds. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, those they are were, awesome uh, looking. Yeah, what he's doing with Red Coastals is just uh, really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that 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 was really just kind of a normal coastal, but. Um, it was really uh, just a phenomenal example. I can't believe people didn't jump on it. I just was blown away that uh, people people weren't paying attention to that. Um, but uh, you, guys, you guys made a move for him until like late Sunday, and it's like, well, why was he even hanging around for that long? Is what yeah. boggled my mind. So yeah. Well, I think I think the one thing that that I've learned and taken away is that um that we definitely need representation of adult animals. And I think probably the hardest part of selling carpet pythons or carpet python morphs at a show, as we all know, mm-hmm. is that uh they're very drab um as as babies, uh you know, maybe a year onto them and they start to gain some color, but if you don't have those adults there, you really don't get a feel for how big it's going to be, what is it going to look right. like as an adult, uh, you know, that right. kind of thing. So me and you were talking about, you know, next year when we go uh, possibly getting two tables and having adult examples of uh, the subspecies. Because you did bring a uh, a red lie, and, um, yes. you know, that kind of got people, you know, stopping and paying attention um many times over. Um and I think I think if you want to educate people about carpet pythons, then that's definitely uh a way you got to go. I know that uh Matt, he brought uh, you know, a large adult Borneo and you know, that got a lot of attention as well. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if that I think he was saying, or maybe it was the table next to him, felt that it was distracting from their sales. Yeah. <laughs> you they, know, because... The, so the, apparently the guy next to him was like, hey, man, maybe you would have gotten more sales or if you didn't bring the adults because they were distracting. And then the other guy who was running the table uh, next to Matt said, well, also distracted from our stuff too. And it's like, well, all right, so you're going to be... A t- sorry. So, but... <laughs> I do love bringing adults to shows and I'll bring uh Hamburgs this weekend and and I don't have to split a table so I'll be bringing my adults to the show. But what you said about having like cuz you're you're breeding more, I'm breeding more and we're running out of table space for each other so we're uh yeah, we were packed idea, in. <laughs> yeah, there was no room. Uh we didn't have room for the business cards. They were like on top of the displays. So uh what you said about splitting, uh, getting two tables and splitting it and having Rogue and then MPR and then EV Morelia, I always thought was cool. And then what you said about getting the middle thing of bringing all the different subspecies and species of Morelia uh, to kind of just display, I thought that was awesome because between the two of us, probably you don't even need me, um, we could bring all the subspecies of Morelia with the exception of Imbricata. Um, but it's, uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, it should should be uh, should be really cool. And a few people asked me if I had brought the rough scales, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Why am I gonna? <laughs> no, they're mine. <laughs> I'm not gonna bring them here and have to beat away people who want to buy them. 
stay at home. Yeah, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the things that I also noticed from the show was people's attention to the more, uh, uh, you know, uh, not not so um, the Morelia et cetera stuff. Uh, you know, so you had a Maclots on the table, and uh, yeah. I, you know, it just seemed like everybody that came up with, you know, the, oh they God. kept asking. Is it, yeah. What's that? Is that for sale? You know, what's well, that? Is that for sale? It's funny because late Saturday, uh, somebody's talking to Matt, and he goes, "I got to move this Maclots python." And of course, I'm like, "What?" And of course, once you say that, I'm like, right in front of the guy, like, "I'll buy it." What is it? Can I look at it? And it's like, and he goes over, and it's a female Maclots python. Now, my adult Maclots python had uh, slug clutch, and unfortunately. Um, through some internal issues, passed on me several months after the slug clutch was laid. So um, I was without a Maclots, and I actually am doing a breeding loan with my male Maclots this year. So I do have a female, and I am going to try for Maclots python again. But I didn't have anything past this year planned. So picking up a yearling female Mac was like heaven sent. It's like, oh, my God, perfect. But... The same thing that happened with that damn water python a few years ago where, all right, well, now I bought this animal at the show. I'm just going to stick it in my display so it's warm and it's happy. Everybody walks up, points at it, says, what is that? I've never seen that before. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. That's awesome. And the some people who knew what a Maclots were were all over it. And that happened all day Sunday was like, yes, it's a Maclots python. No, the uh, – you know, that, that means not for sale. That doesn't mean you can pay me that. So it's, you know, it, it was, that was all day Sunday, which is kind of further my thing of like, I'm on the right track. I should really get my freaking my asses to breathe. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, um, I, well, let me ask you this question. This is something that I yeah, thought well, about, um, doing a show, coming back from the show, having time to yeah. reflect and, and think yeah, about yeah. things. Um, would there be something that you would change and would you uh, change maybe your breeding season or maybe pairings that you might or might not do based on what happened at this Tinley Park? Yeah. There there are certain things I would change, first of which um, I will be shifting my entire collection into iguana. Um, I feel that's where the money is and that's where (laughs) I'm going to do my best. So I'm going to get nothing but Cuban rock iguana. But in all seriousness, um, there, there were there were a few pairs um, that I had lined up for this season that I had reconsidered. Um, that I actually actually that some of which I'd actually been on the fence about before going out to Tinley, and having seen the animals at Tinley and spoken to the breeders at Tinley and wondering where they were going, um, and who had what and what was going on with this and what was going on with that, and um, the sales perspective of a few other people, uh, I had shied away from some and embraced others. Uh, you and I had a, had a conversation about um, Jags had granite uh, yes. a few weeks before Tinley. And you were like, I'm not sure if that's worth it. You know, you had a whole entire collection. I'm like, I don't know. I've never produced them. I got this granite metal just kicking around. He's just sitting here. I sent the female off to Jason Balin. So, uh, and you don't need the granite mail. So it's like, I guess you could stay here. But now I'm like, oh, I might use them. I throw them to this Jag that I got that, you know, same deal. Uh, I have her, she's perfect, but I don't really have a male that knocks my socks off about breeding to her. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll make Jack at Granite. 
So talking to Chris Salemi, he's like, well, uh, there's you could produce them, and they'll sell. They just won't sell immediately. And I'm like, oh, I'm not the kind of guy who really gives two shits if they move immediately right out of the egg, so I can hold on to them. But mm-hmm. if there's somebody willing, if there's people willing out there to grab them, sure, I might produce it. And then uh, the other thing is seeing Todd's uh, Tiger's Het Exanic. I have the potential of breeding one of my tigers to an exantic male this year. And I was only going to take the exantic and breed him to caramels to kind of chase the caramel heads. But now I'm like, you know what? I want to see an exantic tiger. So um, I want tiger's head exantic, and I don't want to pay for them. I want to just make them. So (laughs) that's a project that I had to shift around a little bit to that one too. So there's a few other things. And, of course, I'm all gung-ho for my liasis stuff and – well, that's fun jazz. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know if the I'm I'm I pretty much uh, will probably stay with my pairings that I'm gonna do. Um, I wish uh, that I had maybe some more jungle stuff. I think that that's right. definitely stuff that people uh, definitely gravitate towards. Um, I do have some stuff that I'm working on, but I think that. Uh, I don't know. By next Tinley Park, will it be? Will it have size on it? Will it be at a eight? You know, I don't. I don't know. I was, I was surprised that the uh, citrus tiger. Well, I shouldn't say I was surprised. I was not surprised that they didn't move because a lot of people really don't understand what they're gonna what they're gonna turn into. Um, Everybody wants to wait for the color. I mean, yeah, but the pro- I, I try. I tried to gear people towards what I think are going to be the screamers. And, uh, you know, uh, that's fine. Uh, I'll grow them up and put some color on them and add $200 to it. So I have no problem yeah. with that. Exactly. <laughs> you know? it's, it's, it's funny because you and I had that conversation about last year I had the Red Tiger Icon Clutch. And, like, uh-huh. nobody bought, nobody bought, nobody bought. And then one month they all shed and the colors came in and then they were all gone. Like I, I ran out of all of them within two months after that, and I'm, I like it was, like I still have caramels from last year, but I do not have any tigers from last year. They're gone completely. Right. So, it just takes that one time where they're like, holy crap, and they're gone. But yeah. now you or I may know what we're looking at, and of course, like Julie and Howard and Jason came by the table, and I, I remember Julie and I were pointing at the. Me, you, and Julie were pointing at the uh, the citrus tigers, and she's like, "I like this one." And you're like, "I like that one too." I'm like, "I like this one." She goes, "Yeah, that one's a nice too." And like, we're skipping around. It's like those are going to be the ones that are nice, and it's kind of hard to convince that. I know you wanted to bring like Satch or somebody to Tinley to show off. Um, table space, I guess, and transporting animals in October was one of those things. So, but yeah, I you know. Um... I think that, uh, yeah, I think that, like I said, I don't have a problem with that because that's going to people, I, I mean, I know that, that, that I had them at 400. I, I, and again, I guess this would be a reflection that I had is that um, I had the Citrus Tigers at 400 and yeah. other people were selling Tigers for 200, 250, 300 uh, I was selling mine for three. Yeah, I was selling yeah. mine for three and I... I sold a red tiger, so. Yeah, I, you know, I, I could have dropped the price. Maybe they would have moved, 
but I'm sorry, man. They're going to be screamers, and I'm just not going to do it. So, I mean, that would just yeah, – well, if you're if you're doing a show or maybe you're putting your animals up online and they don't move, don't be afraid to just hold on to them. I mean, you've invested so much time and effort into getting those babies. Don't shortchange it, you know? Don't. Don't just bail on it or quit on it because you don't get that immediate return. That's why I always say, like, if you're going to breed animals, you should be ready and prepared uh, to be to hold on to those animals, especially with carpets, mm-hmm. especially with Morelia in general. Yeah. I mean, even chondros go through the same thing. Uh, you know, you want to hold most chondro people breeders will hold on for a year because they don't want to give up that one animal that they, they say, damn, they, they got away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it it and it's one of those things of like your if you set your price, don't worry about it because your animal will grow into that price. I mean, yeah, it may take a few months, but also a few more sheds, a few little bit more size, it, it will be worth that money that you set it for. And then it and then after that, it's time to up the price. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just gonna wait till you drop your prices. Well, screw you, buddy. Um, if this thing gets closer to a year, his price goes up because now he's a breeding male. Like, you know, if you want them, grab them now. Don't wait. So, yeah. If I needed a tiger, I would have taken them from me. <laughs> I got enough tigers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing. I mean, you have to – You, I, I mean, I think with tiger, citrus tiger specifically, um, to yeah. me, I would gear I, – I, and I am, but I think they're geared more towards – Either somebody that wants a really, really nice-looking animal, you know, like a trophy-type animal, or something that somebody may put that into, um, you know, a cross-type project or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't – I can't 100% say that they're pure coastal. Uh, I can't say that this is a coastal uh, because of that one animal that's, you know, unknown. So – was it a jungle? Was it a coastal? Who knows? You know, that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm still going to breed it into my uh, coastal stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But I would never pretend it to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, something like a Brisbane coastal or an MBB coastal where, you know, that lineage um, is pure. But, again, they're beautiful animals. I mean, yeah, high the high contrast Queensland coastals, you know, I, I guess really it rides on whether or not you believe that they're pure coastals or not. So if you believe that they're pure coastals, then, you know, you shouldn't be worried about citrus tigers. But if you're on defense, I can see where people would say, eh, I don't know, you know, it probably has jungle in it somewhere. And maybe it does. I don't know. But uh, who knows? But yeah. it's one of those, if you're into tigers, if you got some cage space, you know, maybe you don't keep three pairs of the same kind of tiger lines. I mean, if I had the space, I'd have, you know, 1.1 reds, 1.1 Russians, 1.1 normals, 1.1 citrus, and then, of course, the crazy morphs like albino tigers that I want very much. Well, that's a a perfect (laughs) example of what I'm talking about. I mean, from day one, from day one, when I picked those up, my end goal was an albino tiger. And I felt that if you're using the original line tiger, that's more of the khaki color. um, Right. 
I don't know if the contrast is going to be as as killer. And when I saw those citrus tigers, I just thought, man, the contrast on these things are going to be nuts. You know, well, when you're going um, for wow factor. So. Yeah. Uh, so I brought the you know uh, the citrus tiger head albinos just so people got a feel for um, you know what's going on because they seem to throw these two different looks. There's ones that really could pass as jungles. Um, you know, really solid black, really high contrast. Uh, then you have the other ones that have like this fishnetty, uh, sort of, it's, uh, gray outlined in black with yellow stripes and, uh, you know, it has yellow portholes and along the side, it's just, it's just a really wild looking, uh, animal. So I don't know, just, uh. Just some things that I thought about from the show. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would agree, but um, yeah, it, it, we're it, we're in October. I mean, my pairs are pretty much set, but there's always some wiggle room, and maybe you sit a female, or maybe you see how a female's going to go this, that, or the other thing. Um, you know, uh, I only had two Dominican red mountain boa left, and they are still here, so. Maybe I'm kind of glad that I don't have any of those coming up right now. Um, and I had a ton of people interested in bread lie, but I didn't have any female bread lie. So maybe that's what kind of shied people away from trying to buy a bread lie because they couldn't get a pair or a girl. So, yeah. Yeah, well, things? I think when you're starting uh, those type of projects, you definitely – I mean – uh and i i was interested in uh andrew paris did a uh, a woma pairing and i was mm-hmm. uh very interested in the uh you know getting in, getting something from that that clutch um you know he had some issues with the clutch and um some of the eggs uh didn't make it but he ended up hatching you know he had one one male uh, and, you know, I really didn't want to start the project with the male. I wanted to start with a female because then you can grow them up for a couple of years and then really find that right, that right male, uh, to go with the female. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that sometimes, uh, keeps people from, from picking up, uh, picking up males. So I don't know. Um, what else? What else about the show? Uh, I the auction was uh, was pretty cool. Interesting. Um, oh, that's where we're going with it. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was cool. <laughs> interesting. Uh, I would say it was interesting, but it was um, what they raised. I think they ended up raising sixty five thousand dollars for yes. US Arc, which is amazing. Yes. That is incredible. And congratulations to everybody who put that on, put that up, donated. It was, that's incredible. And, uh, it, there was some, there was some weird, weird lies. Um, one of them was, uh, some guy had to eat like the head of a giant gummy snake. that was like 10 pounds of gummy bear. And like, he had a half <laughs> yeah. hour to keep, I'm like, I'm like, are we going to kill a guy? This is great. Um, <laughs> there was an owl. There was, uh, Rubber band guns, Star Wars figurines, there's a lot of stuff. And then, of course, there were the animals, and then there was the silent auction portion that had a lot of uh, 
uh, really cool animals and books and you know uh, magazines and some artwork was there, some custom tanks, some I think it was a furry that would come to your table, a dragon furry creature person in a mascot costume thing that would come to your table and I'm like can I bid on this and make this thing dance around Eric but <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to spend my money on this so yeah it was you know but we're it was an open bar and we were hanging out so it was it was a fun time and and they they put on a great auction a great show so yeah yeah, I just wish they had something closer to the uh to the East Coast, you know. Um I know that uh they said a few times that they really didn't have uh, any luck when it came to uh doing shows on the East Coast, which sucks for us. But uh I don't know, man, that would be uh that would be a really good time, but so be it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Maybe one day. Maybe they'll do it one day. You know, I think that was one thing that we were talking about is, you know, me and Matt specifically, because I know you do a lot of shows. Well, Matt does a lot of shows, too. But um, finding something that's putting us in front of a different group of of people um, is, uh, I think it's good. You know, it kind of, you know, you might go to the show and you might vend and you might not make a sale but you get to meet new people and interact with new people which sometimes mm-hmm. you get what they I call that after the show sale so like you know uh, you might not get it at the show but you talk to somebody and somebody maybe be sitting on the fence on whether or not they should do it and then they say you know what yeah I'm going to do it and then they contact that person and then you know then they then you sell the animal ultimately right. they, they take your card and they have you ship it to them or stuff like that so it's 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 one of those things where um it's uh it's always good to do a show like i like i said a million times before there's no such thing as a bad show you know there are shows where i don't make any sales there are shows where i'm kind of bummed out that i don't make any sales but there's no such thing as a bad show because you're out there you're showing your face getting your name out there you're talking to people in the community you're talking to potential customers you can talk to the same people eight times and then not sell, not then not buy from me, not buy from me, not buy from you. And then one day they show up and just buy like a trio, like right off of you immediately. It's yeah, you know. So you 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 have to do this. You have to grind it out. No one expects you to go out on your first show with your gray little babies, and you know sell out. That's why it's always the running joke. If you'll notice, when people are like setting up or oh you sold out yet or. You know, oh crap! You go heading home. I mean, I'm I'm already sold out. I'm already done. I'm out. So, yeah. Yep. And uh, I guess the elephant in the room is there was some drama that was going on. Actually, there was quite quite a lot of drama. Number of things that created drama, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I think, you know, we weren't going to get into too much detail on this whole thing but the only thing i'll say on that is that um it just makes me happy of you know having you guys as friends and and being a part of the community and and not having to deal with that kind of bullshit where the backstabbing and uh, i don't know man it's just it's just it can get crazy man it can get nuts yeah you know people lose sight to what this is all about and I, yeah. I guess when there's money involved and 
you know, this is what people do for a living, you know, I, I get that whole thing, but I don't know, man, it's just like, I don't know, some of the drama is just uncalled for, and yeah, and, I, and I for those know. people who are chomping at the bit, we're not going to mention anything or mention anybody, um, you'll just have to Google and open your eyes, and you'll figure out what the hell we're talking about, sorry, yeah, um, but it's like, it's it, it just when you have um, high stakes in certain things and certain projects, if there isn't a real big kind of uh, sense of what's going on, if people felt they've been done incorrectly or been treated unfairly, you know, that stuff can come back to bite you. And uh, it all kind of goes back to if I have a customer who feels that they've been treated unfairly, I'll bend over backwards, sideways, and forwards to make sure that the thing was done right. And in this way, I know they leave it a good taste in their mouth. Because right. you never know. All it takes is one person to go online and say that they had an issue with you. And if you've been in this long enough and you've not done things to, you know, please everybody. And I know I know it's very hard to please everybody and damn near impossible. And some people just cannot be happy. But yeah. those people will all of a sudden reemerge and come out of the woodworks. And then, of course you look like a horrible person and all this other stuff and uh, over something little, something very small and minor can just get blown into you're the worst reptile keeper ever. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of the, 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 these instances where, you know, you're, you're sort of, you know, do, do you, do you, do you jump on the bandwagon and talk about these kind of things because maybe they should be addressed or, yeah. you know, do you just kind of gloss over it? Do you not talk it at all? And just, you know, but I feel that the positive thing of it, you know, just even just glancing over it and mentioning it, the, the positive thing for me is that, again, I just appreciate the the community that I'm involved with. And there is drama in the Morelia world, there you know, no doubt. But uh the people that I are in my and your inner circle, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really have that and I'm very thankful that that that's the case. Um, you know, I think Bill uh, Bill he he hits the nail on the head and it's about um it's just about being uh how does he he always say he's you know you have to just um oh shit and now I'm losing the word that he always uses <laughs> it's not understanding it's um oh god damn it I hate when that happens get on a roll and I get all screwed it's up it's over it's over <laughs> we were going yeah. and now it's been backfired yeah um go ahead talk Owen, anyway. and I'll, I'll <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's difficult to to try to stay on the outskirts of such a big issue, but obviously this does not concern us, so we are not going to weigh in on it or talk about it. But, you know, there was some stuff that happened to Tinley, and of course, you know, some people uh, kind of got into it a little heavy at Tinley, and of course, you know, you never want to see temperatures kind of flare up in a public setting, especially when we need to all understand is that eyes of the immediate non-reptile people kind of on us, especially at a place like Tinley Park that's our biggest um, reptile expo that I believe it is. So, you know, we also always want to conduct ourselves in a professional manner, but sometimes that's hard. 
if you've been kind of jerked up. So, yeah. I don't know. You can kind of see it from both sides here. So, sure. But yeah, it's, either way, it's just about, still don't know. What, go ahead. Well, I mean, his thing is, is that, you know, you just, you just be accepting of other people and accepting of, of their, uh, you know, just sort of understanding their perspective or point of view. And maybe if you don't agree, you don't necessarily bash that other person. That's no. kind of, that you know, that's kind of the thing. So, um, so that's, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what else do we uh I don't know. I I I <clears throat> I mean ultimately I thought the 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 show was great. Um yes. one of the highlights for me and I I really had a, a good time talking with um uh Matthew Moyle. Um mm-hmm. That's it. Tolerance. See? I knew it. You <laughs> Bill. Uh, damn it. <laughs> Tolerance. Yeah, well, I kind of said what he, what he was saying, but basically yeah, just being tolerant of of other people in their situations and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, Ma- uh, Matthew Moore. So we're getting closer and closer to planning our trip to Australia, and yes. uh, something that we kind of talked about on the way up. And um, he sort of, uh, you know, we were planning on going in September, and he sort of said, no, 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 you don't want to go in September. You want to go in November uh, because uh, you 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 may see you may hit a cold spell in September, and you might not see anything. So uh, the fact that it's not that easy for us to just go back and forth, um, <laughs> you know, we've sort of uh, rethunk uh, what we're what that trip is going to be about. So, but I don't know the, the I see it coming into fruition. And again, these are, these are the things that we kind of talk about on the show, uh, you know, multiple times. It's just, if you can think and imagine that you can do something and put it in your mind that you're going to do it, then damn it, you're going to do it, you know? Um, but you just have to, you have to push that, 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 that thing in your head that says, you know what? Yeah, I am going to do this. I am going to, you know, whatever. I am going to breed this uh, species or I am going to make a trip to uh, Tinley Park next year or I am going to go to a carpet fest or even if you're going to just say, I am going to go to Australia. I mean, yeah. or wherever I mean, it is, you know. Maybe Australia yeah. isn't your thing. Maybe Papua New Guinea is your thing. Maybe Indonesia is your thing. Uh, you know, some of the yeah. islands. Africa. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Af- yeah. Uh, you know? Costa Rica. Matt went down to Costa Rica for his 10th wedding anniversary. He had a blast. But uh, what was it? Um, we met up with April at uh, Tinley. Um, and she's oh, yeah. like, oh, I saw the pictures from last Tinley. And I'm like, I got to go. And she's like, of course, all my friends were like, I got to go too. I got to go too. And she's like, I'm the only one who like went out and said, I'm doing it and did it. And, of course, we were making fun of Terrell, who was her business partner the entire time, saying that, oh, so you can come out, but Terrell couldn't. And maybe <laughs> you have Terrell's credit card, we'll send you home with a bunch of stuff for him, for you and all sorts of crap. So it's just, it's one of those things of, like, it, it, and it happened to me and you. You went out to Tinley Park that one time, and I didn't, where I didn't make it happen. I couldn't, it, it, it's, it was a matter of getting time off and planning ahead. If you are sitting down at your computer right now, looking up at everybody's 
pictures and everybody's post Tinley posts and all that other crap, and you're wanting to go, just just do it. Just make it happen. Just sit down, talk to your boss, and say, you know, how how early can I put in for a vacation time? Uh, and then start looking up at plane tickets. If you buy them in advance, or if you're going to figure out driving, try start talking to reptile people in your area. Set up some kind of dumb convoy thing like we did, and then get your ass out there because you will not regret it. I promise you. Just like how yeah, you become the freak carpet fest. So yeah, one of the uh, here here's even taking it a step further, and I mm-hmm. guess I can say this because if I say it, then more than likely we're going to make it happen. But uh, on the way home, we were talking about, you know, we're we're thinking of uh, going to Tinley Park and and all this and doing the reptile show and promoting the the uh, the podcast and all that stuff. But let's kick it up a notch. Let's go to a reptile show in Australia. Now we're kicking it up a notch, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, hey, maybe we could go down there and and set up a booth and. Uh, you know, to, to just to Promote see what that's about. And, Promote the yeah. show and uh, maybe Look at all the animals we can't buy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what we could offer as far as uh, you know anything other than you know just being Eric and Owen and giving you the persp- our perspective. That is enough. That is enough for anybody. <laughs> I mean, that, that, on this, it's amazing. That that fact there is amazing. I'll be Eric. You can be Owen. So, um, <laughs> but can you imagine? Can you imagine going to a reptile show in Australia and no, imagine no, walking around and imagine seeing what we would see and imagine right. what that must be like? I mean, those guys came to see us um, and they made it happen. So why don't we yeah. make it happen? You know, well, I mean, that's just something. I don't know. Do you remember what the Australians were like when they were holding like Matt's bloods and stuff like that? I guarantee you, I stick you in front of a booth of some random person that is in Bracada. You're done. You're done for the entire day. I won't see you for the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, dude. Duh. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> of course. I want to uh, see all know. this. I want to see everything. And you imagine just like the ones where, like, oh, yeah, I collected this one out in the front yard. It's like, God damn it. So it's. <laughs> And of course, there are the other things: Belface lace monitors, normal lace monitors. You know the, uh, the just all the different types of lizard, the gecko and snake, and you know, staring at an inland taipan is got to make anybody nervous. So yeah, well, it would be curious to see. <laughs> I would be curious to see their perspective. Um, you know, like what is what is a show that they? Do? How is that? I mean, we've seen it on you know different uh, YouTube's things and whatnot, but you know, I, to see it firsthand and to see what you know, I mean, they've been been really keeping reptiles like we do for that for that long. Um, and you know, when we were talking to Peter Birch and he was saying about some of the the different restrictions they have and some of the yeah, legislation, the what they have to do and you have to have certain permits and that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just it's just it, it's it's just something that again, life is short, man. You know, you just kind of gotta kind of make those things happen. So uh, my first step was uh, to subscribe to Scales and Tails, the magazine, 
So, yeah. you know, maybe we advertise in there, maybe we see, you know, how that goes and et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think that mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, we're here and we breed carpets and other Australian yeah. pythons. We talk about them on the podcast and All we act like, you know, you know, we've been doing it forever. And, and, and I think that here in the States, we, we, we do a great job in selective breeding and whatnot. But when you think about, you know, where the Australian reptile hobby would be, you know, 10, 20 years from now, with what they have available to them is just mind-blowing, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just crazy to think it. Um, Oh, yeah, see? There we go. We can... uh, (laughs) Darian, uh, he says that we can... uh, Hang out at his booth. Sweet. <laughs> Sell some of his snakes. Where Darren, Darren's like, I'll pop I'll put your on. Yeah. <laughs> See, he may he may regret that decision. I mean, I'm just yeah. going to say that is that he may be like by 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 noon. He might be like, you two idiots need to sit down because everyone <laughs> is avoiding my table. So yeah. you know that's. I think I think that that would be cool to hang out with the. Awesome. Uh, the herpers of Australia. I just think that that would just be amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's almost, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It'd be life changing. Maybe. I, I don't know. I just, it's, think it's, that. it's one of those dream things you can cross off a bucket list or something like that. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the, and I would love to see how the shows are structured, how everything looks, how everything feels. I mean, it would be so cool to just yeah. see all the different things. Yeah. So give us a couple years and maybe we'll be uh, we'll be heading down. Maybe sooner than later. I don't know, you know. But uh, uh, definitely, uh, I see other people do it. So you yeah. know what? And those guys come up here. So there's no yeah. reason why we can't go down there. So I mean, how many, uh, how many times has Nick been down there? I mean, come on. So yeah. all he ever did was write a couple books. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, I, I talking to uh to Matthew Moyle, he was showing me some of the anteresia that he works with and oh my yeah. gosh, man. It's just amazing the 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 animals that they work that he works with. And you know, I think what I like most about when I'm talking to him is the fact that he just kind of does his thing, man. You know, I mean, he's just kind of under the radar type of guy and uh he just kind of he breeds the snakes and yeah, you know, he's just, been part of it for a long time and has seen all the ups and downs and sideways and just kind of keeps his keeps doing his own thing, doesn't really care too much about what's going on and keeps himself out of every all the drama that I'm pretty sure he's seen more than his fair share of if he's been in it as long as he is as long as he's been in it. So uh, yeah, yeah, I love and- it. And uh he promised uh he promised he's gonna work on trying to get uh Tracy Barker on the show, so <laughs> that that'll be yeah, uh, we, we're we're not above getting other people to do our dirty work for us. So yeah, just so yeah. everyone knows. Yeah, we're yeah. not ashamed. So. so So yeah. So I I don't know. Is there anything else that, that, that well, stood out I to mean, you what's, at Finley Park or well, what did you? Uh, why don't you tell me if there was some? Was there an animal you saw at Tinley Park that kind of really knocked your socks off? That was maybe not Morelia. Dennis McNamara had a black-headed python on his table mm. that was amazing. 
It made me yeah. rethink the whole blackhead python thing. Um, yeah. You know, I have a I have a, a blackheaded python, and I keep I just kept he's a male, and I just kind of have him. But when I saw this animal, I mean, the contrast. This thing was crazy, sick yellow, and oh my god, it was just amazing, amazing animal. Um, trying to think if there was anything else that really stood out to me, uh, non Morelia wise. Um, hmm. There was, you know, something that uh, I found interesting. Uh, there was uh, uh, some of the monitors that I saw, especially over at yeah. um, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, rare Earth. Yeah, uh, yeah, Rare Earth setup, yeah. You know, you know I'm not a lizard guy, but... I know that. <laughs> uh, I can appreciate... You know, that kind of thing when I see somebody I can appreciate some of these uh, you know I hate saying this word anymore but somebody's passion for uh, a species <laughs> that they work with and right. it's so overused you know anyway yes. um, the, what they do just their setup man just a big yeah, rock, like a thing rock with the lizard yeah. I mean it's oh, like yeah. freaking it's kicking it up it, a notch man it's Anybody has not seen rare setup. It, it and actually got um, it looked urban urban gecko or urban python or whatever one you were talking about. They used to do the same thing. It looks like a rock formation with holes cut out of it, and I guess there are tanks behind the rock formations. You peek through the holes and you can see what animals are there, and it, they have the labels of what it is and how much it is. And they have like Kimberly. Uh, they have the Kimmies and they have uh, uh, Ackies and they have all this other stuff and all these different little rock crevices and that's their whole setup. It looks like a zoo setup, to be honest with you. Now, like I said, Urban Python came down to Hamburg once and they had the same thing, but theirs was like a cityscape with little windows and stuff and had little tanks full of all their geckos and pythons. And right. I think I think Ben said that Aussie Addiction does the same thing or used to because um, he said that... Uh, yeah, because he the first time he came to Hamburg and he goes this this setup and breakdown was so much easier. He goes, I used to have to get to the show like three hours before to help uh, Justin build the freaking thing. I'm like, oh, all right. So it's um, yeah, but <laughs> that goes such a long way to have something unique that's different than everybody else's setups, and that was just awesome. Um, but yeah, they had good stuff. Yeah, I, again, not. Not necessarily my cup of tea per se, but uh, I definitely can appreciate, and especially because it's Australian, you know, that always catches my eye. Some of the Ackies and stuff that they had. I mean, if I had space and unlimited time, I probably would keep something like that. You know, I probably definitely would if it was more manageable. I think one of the things that I've, uh, I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm leaning towards, <laughs> Zach's going to like this one, but... Um, Maybe don't say skinks. Don't say skinks. The blue tongue skinks. Um, oh god! I, you know, I again, I don't know if breeding a skink is definitely in my cup of tea, but um, I don't know. I have another uh, a new appreciation for them, and uh, you know, I don't know if it's something that uh, you know what what holds me back with them is I don't know. I, I don't know what it's like to keep them. You know, uh, from yeah. what Zach tells me, it's very low maintenance but 
you know, when, when as soon as you say something has legs, to me, now it's telling me that it's, you know, now it's a little more high maintenance. Uh, and, you know, with my time constrictions and whatnot, I don't, right. I can't really sink more time into, you know, that kind of, that kind of project. Right. One of the right. things that, you know, so one of the things that, uh, I, I guess, you know, if you're going to reflect over the weekend and you know that I'm not afraid to try species and say, okay, no. this isn't me. No, you had, um, you had pressing geckos for a hot minute, which was yeah. confusing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all about, you know, trying to species and some people will say that they try a species and then if you quit on that work. species then you know that oh here it is, blah 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 you're just always flipping your thing and changing your mind. And there's some people that I guess they're constantly doing that, so it kinda looks like they're constantly never settled in on something and I'm the type oh. of person that I get super excited about something and 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 you know go full tort and say oh yeah this is this is going to be awesome and then I, I take a step back and you're like yeah yeah maybe maybe this was decision was made in in haste and I know you Zach and Matt are probably saying oh this is only going to last a couple of weeks or a month or whatever. No, I hope so. But, like, um, <laughs> but no, here's my thing is that you you never know what your what it's like to keep a certain type of animal until you do. Like uh, I've had I've had Wilmas I had a trio of Wilmas adult Wilmas that I was going to breed the one year and I had them and they they were here for a couple months and I'm like you know what they're just not working for me and I got rid of them. There was partially because I needed cave space, but it was also partially because they weren't working for me. It wasn't it, it didn't do anything for me. And right. you're allowed to have that. I mean uh, the Amazon tree boas their lives here are short lived. Um, they will be, uh, and I said it, I said it, I said it a bunch. I'm like, you know what? The only reason they're still here is I don't need their cages right now. Second, I need a three footer. Guess who's on the chopping block? It's, it's just one of those things where I tried it. I had my fun with them. They're cool animals, but they're just not for me. It just, it doesn't do anything for me. And it's, you know, it, they're, they're, they're the ones that are on the cutting room floor. If you need a cage space and no one can fault you for that because you tried if you were sitting there and you were like, I freaking hate Wilmas and Espedites are the worst bullshit to know it should freaking buy the snakes, and you've never kept one in your life, then what the hell, yeah. dude? It's like, yeah. you, you know, you, you're never going to know until you try. It's almost like certain types of food. You're never going to know if you don't like it until you put it in your fucking mouth. So it's, <laughs> um, if you got to go try a species, give it a chance, and then if you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah, so, I think but, like okay, so like if you look at bloods and short tails, right? So for a yeah, while I was acquiring different types of uh species of pythons and kinda like on you know, trying to see like which ones that I wanted to work into my collection and work with. And um yeah. you know, they stuck. They they stuck because they I should have listened to the reason why I got those animals. The reason why I got those animals is I wanted an animal with a big snake feel, but not really the maintenance of a big snake. So I should have. <laughs> yeah. So when I when I grabbed that retic, I probably should have thought about you know saying, oh yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily a smart move or not. But 
I don't know. I just kind of wanted to feel like what it was like to, I worked with them before and, uh, you know, but now it's kind of like, okay, this is why I'm not working with them. But the, the, the all, all said and done, the good thing about all that for me personally is it just reinforces the species that I do work with. You know, right. children's pythons is one of those things that probably not many people really, I mean, if you look at the reptile hobby as a whole, probably not a huge portion of the reptile hobby are into children's python but god damn right. it man they're, they're cool snakes you know yes. and it's something different and uh, i really dig them which makes me think that i probably would like working with spotted pythons and i probably would work like working with uh you know uh stimson's pythons and pygmy pythons i guarantee you that 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 would be something that would stick in my collection um right but you don't really see a lot of them around uh you know, to where you can, you, you know, that you're getting quality animals until you find people like Matthew Moyle. <laughs> then right. you know, you know where to go to get them. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just see that. Cut, and to me, like you said, again, and this is why I think like me and you working at a table is so awesome because Walma pythons, to me, I I can't wait to have another pair of Walmart pythons. Oh, you know, God. <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit because they. I had a pair. I, you know, where they went, and it makes me upset. So. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah don't mention that. Uh, moving along. <laughs> um, but uh, I can't wait to work with them again. I really, really can. And. Like and so you know, fast. I don't, I don't want them. It's like, yeah, and so the like, thing happens, you're, you just stand with Antaresia. I had spotted, I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like when you're gonna work with, um, you know, when you're working with Dunn's pythons, to me, no. that's something that's just like, yeah, I, they're cool, and I'm I sure that wait. when you get them, but but to me, the only reason why I would have them would be the fact that they were rare, and mm. you know, it's like, eh. I don't know. I would much rather, you know, another one that stuck with me was Angolan pythons. I've dreamed about them things since I was a little kid at my first reptile show, and they were crazy expensive, but they are a cool python to me. You know, it's just like, I, you know, wow, I can't wait to breed those. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Schmidt, when you go to an Angolan python, it's a funky <laughs> Yeah, There's, there's a lot of different stuff, and of course, everybody's tastes are different. Where I think people go wrong is, is they want to try new species, and they lose their freaking minds. So they're like, "Oh my God, I love rhino rat snakes. I'm gonna buy all these rhino rat snakes. I'm gonna talk everything rhino rat snakes. I'm gonna change my Facebook profile picture to a rhino rat snake. I'm gonna do this, 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 and then two months later, they're like, I don't really like rhino rat snakes anymore. Yeah, and then they sell them all. Well, it's yeah, like, I mean that's. That's kind of like but, the, the difference, I guess. That's the perfect. Yeah, example. well, it's absolutely, and that's the thing that there's, there's, it's perfectly okay for you to dip in and try a species, but maybe don't be an idiot about it. Like you maybe like trying to keep it on the down low a little bit. Like maybe say pick up your pair and be like, hey, I'm giving these guys a try, or I'm, you know, I'm playing with these for right now. I mean, does anybody really know that Matt Minatola has viper bows? Right. Exactly. So, and it's like <laughs> if you decide, if you were to decide tomorrow that he's like, you know what, they're not doing it for me. He could just sell them and get them gone. I mean, and I've tried numerous animals. 
and it just doesn't work. I've, I've had uh, one different, two different uh, pairs of spotted pythons just didn't do anything for me. Like I said, I have that trio of Womas. Um, I've had bull snakes. I've had all different types of colubrid, a um, few boas here and there, but it's mainly just, like you said, it also solidifies that, what's wrong with you? Well, you're not a carpet python. Get out. So it's right. like, you know, it, whatever, what, you find the little things that are wrong, but then other times you find things that are awesome. Like, dude, I, I, I love my liasers, like all of them, every single right. one of them, different right. species. And I, and I can't wait for the day that I can fill up one of my entire tier things with different species of liasses. Like I want my carpet pythons in one tier set up and right next to them, I want another tier that has the four different types of liasses that I got, you know, so, and then possibly the fifth once the duns become mine. But anyway, uh, it's just all that stuff right there. I think that would be awesome, you know, and then there's certain animals that I think are just cool that if I never produce, I don't ever produce them. You know, if I can, if I never get baby chondros into a display, I'm not really going to be that heartbroken about it. There are enough of you guys breeding chondros. They don't need me. So, but <laughs> that, that would be fun too, though. So, who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, you know, uh, I think one of the other things that I uh, took away from from this weekend is uh, people seem to not be gung-ho well i i don't know if i can say this in in general terms but right. for me i don't see i don't see a lot of people talking about it online or facebook like they talk about other things but uh books you know yeah, um reptile books are like i don't know man to me that's like that's another thing that i collect is like just different books about different species and different things. So um, I've been eyeing up this book. It's uh, Pythons of Australia. It's written by Adam Elliott. And I've kind of been going back and forth whether or not, you know, uh, um, I wanted to pick it up or not. Was it going to have different information in it or whatever? What a good book, man. And uh, I highly recommend uh, picking that up. And so much so that it led me to pick up – Australian colubrids and elapids, which is written by uh, Scott Eper, which is actually going to be our guest next week. Um, oh, so, damn. <laughs> we're going to be talking about, you know, field herpin and pythons and stuff. But the fact that he wrote a book about, about that, and I don't know, I just thought if you're going to go to Australia, um, I think another you thing with Justin. Touch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing no, that uh, the, tiger. the tiger snake. So. Yeah, a couple shows back, one of the things that uh, Justin Julander said was that uh, if you wanted to know more about, you know, cycle feeding and and the actual seasonality of the species that you're working with, maybe <clears throat> look at other animals to where they're from, and maybe you know, and it doesn't have to be just reptiles. It could be birds or mammals or whatever. And you can sort of get a feel for what's going on in that environment, which may help you better understand the animal that you're working with, you know. And I thought that was just awesome information, you know. That was awesome advice. And um, I don't know. I just really kind of took that to heart. So um, these are two awesome books. And actually, there's a whole series, uh, you know, from this 
from this group. There's there's one about skinks. There's one about mm-hmm. dragons. There's one about monitors. There's one about um, I think there's one about uh, reptile medicine and uh, um, just it's it's just I highly recommend uh, taking a peek at that and uh, possibly picking up one if you're at all into any kind of Australian reptiles. Um, what else? I think that's really, I don't know. I Well, this was a good topic, I thought, when we were coming back, and it kind of led me to think of things, and I don't know if you, I think you chimed in on this. Um, <laughs> or maybe you were sleeping. Uh, the whole I was not sleeping on the way back. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> fall asleep on the way back. I the whole... Well, I don't know why you want to be involved in this conversation. The whole partnership know, right? thing. Were you involved uh, in that? I thought we I thought I talked about it. I may have oh, been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Well we talked about the whole, you know, getting a partnership with somebody and uh you know, how does it work and um is it a good thing, is it a bad thing, some of the ups and downs and the positive and the negatives and the you know, all that kind of stuff. Um I don't know. I just thought that was a interesting conversation as far as <clears throat> it is. Um, and I and I mean, you know, I, we know a lot of people that do partnerships. You know, a lot of people who weigh in on a lot of things. Um, but what I found in my own experiences is that partnerships are great while everything's going great. Second things start going bad, you got a lot of hands in a cookie jar, and you know, it, it, it's one of those true tests of any kind of friendship or any kind of thing like that is when if shit starts going wrong, how does it, how does it handle? How do people take it? Um, and I found that although most partnerships succeed and a lot of them work out well, when it comes to decisions of a reptile a business, it's a lot easier when you're the only cat making the decisions. And it makes everything a whole lot smoother when you were you only answer to you. You know, if something goes wrong, um, you know, think about it this way. Uh, say you filled a rack full of, I don't know, rainbow boa. And say you bought, like, a really expensive, like, $4,000 once or some crap like that. And somebody uses the wrong stat or sets it to the wrong temperature, and boom, you got a bunch of dead rainbow boa. Now, how do you recoup your money and who paid what and blah, 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 blah. It's it, once you start getting into, like we said before, sometimes when money's involved with stuff, drama follows. So it's very difficult. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm my own. So, and I'm happy that way. Yeah, I am too. I, you know, I, I just think sometimes like, uh, Maybe it would be easier, or maybe it would be, uh, you know, uh, well, make course, things, uh, you know, uh, you'd be a little more diverse. And, and uh, yeah. I guess if maybe I was doing this as a business that was my job, maybe that would be something that I would gear towards because, you know, it's it's a lot easier to, to buy new projects and stuff when you're going yeah. half and half and you know, the rotor bill is cut in half. And, you know, I, but I guess the important thing is you have to find somebody that's very equally, uh, somebody that's equivalent to what you can bring to it. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I almost feel like what you should do is you find someone who's on your same page of care and, you know, willingness to produce and be a part of the program and your business, but maybe not have the same interest in reptiles as you do. Like, don't, if you're a Morelli guy, don't pair up with a Morelli guy. Maybe try to find a monitor guy you can look up with. Because then now you've brought an entire new species and genre to your freaking business. Because now you got a monitor guy. And, like, what was it? Uh, out uh, All the addiction, they brought in that one guy who does the geckos and lizards. Steve. So, yeah, Steve. So it's like, it's like you just added this entire new part to your business. And, you know, it, 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 it almost makes it like, okay, now we expanded. It's like, if you ever watch like companies in the real world, when they buy up other companies, some of them have to do with what they offer, but other times it's to, so that they can now offer the best of a brand new product that's out there. So, right. what are you doing? You... Sawing wood? <laughs> no, I don't know. What the hell? Was that a noise? Oh, yeah. This that's... new microphone picks up everything. Sounds like you're sawing wood, man. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe that's how it, this is my cage building. Well, time. there's no house building time my during the show. Minutes. I, you don't know. I'm out in Amish country. I gotta raise barns at like ten thirty at night, and now uh, yeah. you're hindering that. I hope you're happy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, if um, there's so many pros and cons to it, and um, I know that uh, one of the things that you know we were talking about was uh, me and Zach <clears throat> had thought about that way back. A while ago, and, and and one of the ideas was is that I wanted to have chondros represented under E. B. Morelia, but um, I don't, ne- I didn't necessarily have the space <clears throat> to be able to devote to what I wanted to get. Now I had the funds to do it, but um, you know I didn't necessarily have the space to do it. So I thought, man, that would be a great idea, and that's sort of what led to the whole. Uh, Chiquita Molly Ringwald trade and you know but the 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 downside to it was is that you know um, <laughs> he's terrified to move <laughs> don't move Owen stay in the same spot I don't want to move or breathe or do anything with this mic right now it's like if, if Zero comes down here I'm going to punch him in the face I mean like you know there's no noise so yeah. So, very, very stupid. <laughs> yeah. So uh whatever um you've already sort of made a name for yourself, you know, I had done E B Morelia, he had done Dark Side mm-hmm. Exotic, so it's kinda like do you let those go and sort of start over again and now all the things that you build up under those two names is kinda lost and you know, it just makes for a very confusing type of thing. So I don't know. It's it's got its pros and cons, but you know, definitely an interesting conversation to hear, you know, different points of view and and different thoughts because, you know, the other advantage that I thought about was is that if you're working with some rare type of uh, you know, reptiles and bloodlines and stuff like that, um, you know, God forbid, you know, you say the F word, not your F word, Owen. <laughs> that F word fire, um, you know, oh. God forbid, bad. Something, something like that happens, you know, at least, 
you have some of those animals to keep those lines going because sometimes you may have animals that are super rare and that, uh, you know, are really only in your collection and nobody else really has them. Um, that can be scary, you know, that can be scary. And I guess you could do breeding loans or you can send animals out and not necessarily uh, be a partner with the person. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, I don't know, it's just something that people should think about, I guess. Well, it's it's almost like it, it's kind of why I prefer to be by myself. Is if you're by yourself, you can do projects and work with other breeders, and you, you can kind of collaborate. But you don't ever have to give up control. It's like, and this is why people ask me if I can do breeding those with them all the time. If I offer to take one of your animals or send you one of mine, I really trust you. Um, it's kind of like one of those things where, and I know it happened with you a lot when you first got started, everybody's like, well, how about this? I'll send you the animal, you breed it, and we split the clutch. And I'm like, well, who the hell are you? You came over to my <laughs> yeah. table for 20, you came over to my table for 20 minutes, you didn't even say your name yet. It's like, no, I don't want to take your dirty ass animal, whoever you are. It's like, you know, and no, I don't want to send mine to wherever it is you live. So it's one of those things of like, you can kind of meet with, breeders on your own level and that's where you collaborate and that's where you actually turn out something good and you're not really sacrificing your 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 own business your own thing you want to do um and it's just kind of one of those things where i almost feel like if you are going to do a joint venture you almost both got to start off at the same time on the same foot because or or somebody else comes into your business it's not like it's very rarely is it that you have two businesses that will merge in the reptile industry, and uh, usually one of them just dissolves away, or uh, they both start up and start at the same pace. So, yeah. but uh, yeah. solo is kind of the way to go for me. But yeah, I, I kind of agree. You know, you do you do some breeding loans and stuff, and with select people, and you know, breeding loans is another thing that you, you really, I guess, maybe I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but. You know, I, that that's that's one of those things that um, if I'm doing a breeding loan with somebody, um, I'm kind of thinking that that animal may not be coming back to me. Um, yeah. I know that people have talked about, you know, poison ivy breeding loan. And although there are people <coughs> out there that probably have animals that would uh, pair quite well with poison ivy, um I would never, ever, ever send her out of my collection. It just would not happen. She's just too valuable to me. I would be a fool. I think you would probably hit me on the head. Then Zach would probably kick me in the ass. Uh, no, you know, Zach, Zach for doing that. Zach would go get the animal and bring it back and then smack you with her. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where, guys, shit happens. And sometimes through no fault of your own, an animal dies. Now imagine that being an animal that doesn't belong to you, that was in your care at the time. Now you have to take the steps to make it right. Like if I sent Eric, let's say a few years down the road when your Macs are big enough, I send you my male Mac, and somehow he just drops dead on your watch. It's like, now who's to blame for this? Who do we talk about this? How do we make this right? How do we do this, that, and the other thing? It's 
you know, because now I'm out this animal, but he could have just dropped dead of a heart attack and may have just been unfortunate that he did it at your house. So right. there's a bunch of different things. Well, why... that, I guess that's why I bring up the point of saying, uh, you know, you sort of have to think that there's a chance that that animal might not be coming back. You have to yeah. think about that every breeding season, that there's a chance that the animal that you're putting down for winter might not be here in springtime. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's easier when you're doing it, you know? Oh, I yeah, mean, not if you, Yeah, there's if you're the one that does it, then obviously, <laughs> you know, it's one thing. But if you send an animal out, you have you to be in the mindset that that animal might not be coming back, you know? And Which it's not... You do loans with people that you know have good keeping practices. Yeah, but I guess my my thing is is that you could have the best keeping practices around exactly. and still things shit could shit happen. Happens. But yeah. you have to do it with somebody that you trust and somebody that you uh, know is not trying to screw you over and really at the end of the day, you know, for instance, if I send you an animal and I say, okay, okay. Owen, you're going to breed this and this is it, you know, um, okay. And, uh, you know, the animal dies. I'm not holding I mean, unless I go to your place and I see, like, you know, it's, you know, you're not taking care of the animals and clearly it wasn't fed and, you know. But, again, I don't wouldn't be in a breeding loan with you if that was the case. You see what I mean? Right. So, like, to me, I'm not holding you responsible for that. Um, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I mean, it sucks. But that's part of the thing. I mean, when you're moving, uh, you know, I don't know how chondro people do it because I don't know if that's really a thing that they do a lot. Uh, I'm not really sure. But I can say that I would think that, especially with an animal like that who would stress out uh, easy, you know, you talk about scrub pythons, white lip pythons, you know, all these species that, you know, once you get into a rhythm – um, and then you send it out somewhere. That's why I like my Halmahera scrub, you know, it's, it sucks because I don't have a male and I have this female and she's so old and, you know, it's like, okay, another breeding season goes by and I don't breed her. Um, but I don't know, you know, I'm cool with not breeding her. I, I just like having that animal, you know, I think it's just a cool animal, but at the same time, it sucks because maybe she's acclimated to captivity to where she would produce. Maybe she would, mm -hmm. if I put a male in there, maybe I could get a clutch. Um, you know, I, 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 who knows? But I, I guess that wouldn't be a chance that I would take unless I, unless again, unless I was saying, okay, well, is the chance of me getting offspring from this animal worth the chance that I might not have it anymore? So... That's something you got to look at, but yeah. I definitely would not it's enter into just... a breeding. Yeah, I would not enter into a breeding loan with somebody that you don't know. And I guess people need to like not get offended at that. They just sort of have to understand that, you know, I unless I'm unless I've been to where you were at, and your facility and seen with my own eyes, not pictures, not nothing like that, you know, seen your facility and how you keep, you I cannot do a breeding loan with with you you know it's just it, it, you're you're gonna get so many invitations to see people's collections now it's ridiculous <laughs> so. yeah <laughs> yeah but it, so. it, it it's one of those things and obviously the female doesn't travel as well as the male and 
you know, I, I know some breeders like uh, Andrew with his lizards. He says that if you want to do a breeding with him, that's fine. But if the female dies, you owe him the money for the female and for the next two years of clutches. And once you start saying that stuff, people tend to not want to do breeding loans with you anymore. So I think he kind of just uses. I think he just kind of uses it as a deterrent to like not to say get out no, of it, but, yeah. but yeah. get out of it. So, which I've done it before. Um, somebody asked me once years ago if they could take Talon for a stud um, for a year, and I'm like, fine, but you're paying me a stub fee, and they're like, what? And I'm like, stud fee. It's like a horse. If you want him, you want to use him. You got to pay me money. Well, yeah, if the babies are viable. No, no, no. If you want to take him and you want to use him, you got to pay me money. Then if he if he produces babies, you got to pay me more money. Also, I won't have to clutch. So if you want to use him, his stud fee is a thousand dollars. And then if he is successful, I get an extra two. I get an extra two hundred dollars and have to clutch. So it's twelve hundred dollars. I might as well just go buy my own jack. Yeah, I don't know why you're talking to me. And then <laughs> there we go. Yeah. It's there are ways around it. There are ways to deal with it. And you know, again though, if you have somebody you are willing to trust, like. I'm sitting here right now, and I got, like, what, one, two, three, I got, like, four or five animals that are out right now on loan for breeding, which mm-hmm. I have to remember that they're still mine because I'm going to fill their cages by accident and be like, crap, when they all come home. <laughs> so, <laughs> shit. Yeah. So, oh, oh, crap, that, oh, I just remembered the blood. Oh, God damn it. Um, Shit, I did fill her cage. <laughs> all right, well. <laughs> All right, there we well, go. That's not convenient. <laughs> no, no, I'll leave well, her with Matt. So. Yeah. Yeah, you seem to uh, very be very on the edge with bloods and short tails on whether or not Again, that's the snake I, I for you. It. you know? <laughs> yeah, I tried right. it. You don't like me, so. But, <laughs> That's like that's like you may be willing to try again for some teen eggs. I'm like, if you produce teen eggs, I may be willing to let you take the big one that I ate for some teen eggs. It's like, you know, and then, yeah, maybe I'll try some baby, raising up some babies. And for all I know, a year after that, I might be like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. Tap. And then yeah. when people ask me, do you have Borneos and short tails? Like, I'd be like, I tried bloods. Didn't like it. So I'm done. Right. Which is fine. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. Totally you know, cool. But I'm not. I'm not running around on the blood forums talking about how I'm the next up and comer. It's like <laughs> you know, you know. It's that's where you go. That's where people think you're an idiot. It's like yeah. if you're gonna invest in and obsess about a species and then ditch it after a month, you you're you're one you're one of those things that Howard and I used to talk about it all the time. I think we still do. It, it we we call him a burner. It's a guy who comes in and spends thousands upon thousands of dollars on gorgeous animals from some of the top breeders in the country, and they're all over Facebook. They have their own website in a week, and they're talking about how once they're up and breeding, they're going to set the carpet world on fire, and they're, they want to do shows, and I can't wait till next year when I'm producing my own babies and wrap this show. And Some of them even make it to the point where they produce babies. But most of them, after the first attempt at breeding and i mean they're not just breeding like a jungle to like another jungle they're like their first year breeding is this adult albino that they purchased to an adult exantic zebra jag that was shipped over from you know europe and 
they're going to be successful. And sometimes they are, but most of the time it really doesn't work out. And after that first year, they've poured so much money into it. And, of course, they've listened to everybody who says that you can become a millionaire off of reptiles that by the end of their first season, they are selling things and getting out. They ditch everything. And that happens a lot. So Howard and I, every once in a while, will talk about somebody that we see running around and we're like, yeah, it might be a burner. You know, and some people prove us wrong. I labeled you a burner in five freaking minutes after I found out you existed. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a not Sometimes, a burner when it comes to carpets. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I mean, you might flame out any minute, but um, it's only been like what nah. eight years. So it's yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think I'm locked any in. Second. Yeah, any second now. It's um, so sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But it's you know, and that's what you got to understand is that. You know, if you're trying a new species, maybe don't run around and scream it from the hills and make it your everything. Maybe just quietly try the species. Yeah, that's kind of hard, though, because when, especially, uh, well, I'll speak for me, but when you get a new species, obviously, you're pretty excited about the species to begin with. I'm not saying not getting involved in the community. I'm not saying not getting involved in the community. I'm not saying not post up pictures of animals, and I'm not saying not to try to get as much knowledge as you can from breeders that are out there. That's No, you should definitely do all those things. I'm not saying start challenging the breeders and start talking like you know everything there is to know about this animal and saying it, that it is your top species of all time only to sell it a month later. Yeah. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. Like an idiot. But if you're... If you're just getting into a species, God damn it, be excited. You should be. Post pictures of it. Talk to people who own them, who breed them, who keep them, and try to learn as much as you can. Because you may even have them for a shorter amount of time when you realize, oh, shit, the babies eat geckos when they're born. I mean, you know, that might be what really kicks that in the pants. Or you might start learning more and more about them and finding out more and more interesting things and find out that you've only scratched the surface of something that may appeal to you for the rest of your life. So, yeah, please, God, research. Do. Yeah. Learn. Damn it. So. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it definitely is, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, I guess, that, um, double, I don't know. You, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you want, you want to, I, the, one of the conversations that I had at uh, Tinley in the uh, after hours was talking to somebody, and I basically was telling them, like, um, I think that people have this conception that if they are not a breeder um, or if they don't have a big collection, that somehow they're not legitimate in the uh, yeah. in the reptile. in the reptile world. Um, yeah. I, I I guess. I guess maybe that may be true to a certain extent. Um, but I got to say, man, you know, for me, I don't look at people on whether or not that, you know, they're breeding 15 clutches. Uh, and you know, somebody that sticks out in my mind is, and somebody that I use as an example is, is John Battaglia. I mean, the guy mm. has a, 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 a very small collection in, in terms of, um, you know, some of the other Morelia Python people 
out there. But the guy right. has high standards. It's very, right. you know, only top-notch animals, and he he wants a collection that he personally can interact with each and every individual animal on, you know, and and that's how he gears it towards. You know, I'm sure he could have probably, you know, got into all these different things and had this huge collection and probably would have been very successful, but um, you never would have known from him from his uh, post, from his animals. I I sometimes think that somebody with a smaller collection has a, a bigger advantage because their collection is more focused. Uh, it's more, uh, you know, uh, the animals in the collection are, are sometimes of a higher quality because they've specifically... You know, they may have a female jungle that's waiting around and they don't find a male for that jungle for years and they're not really worried mm-hmm. about it because they're looking for a specific thing and when that animal comes, they come across, then they'll get it. Whereas other people will say, you know, I have this female jungle and if she doesn't breed next year, then I'm sort of wasting her. It's sort of a waste, you know. And um, I don't know. I, I, I hope that people don't think that, that they have to be a breeder, or have his big collection in order f- to be legitimate. The way you be legitimate is to offer something to the community, to uh, you know bring some uh, something that you've learned, or or educating people, or um, you know you know just getting out there and being part of the community. You know, coming mm-hmm. and hanging out with people, going to Carpet Fest, going to Tinley Park. Uh, you know, hanging out and having a good time, and getting pe- getting to know people one on one, and and uh, promoting your specific projects. Maybe you don't have enough animals to fill a table and vend a show, but maybe you know you can hook up with somebody and they'll let you put uh, you know a couple animals that you have on their on their table. You know, they're, they're, it. Ju- I just think that sometimes people think that that they're they have to be you know this thing in order to be considered uh, legitimate and maybe that is and maybe that is in the ball python worlds like maybe the bigger collection you have something you know that's like a beat your chest to you know that kind of thing um mm-hmm. but i don't know man I, i'd like to move away from that kind of thing i, I just don't well, think that that's... The, the issue is like how how do we sell animals i mean how many people at tinley were selling animals that was geared towards you can buy this and breed this and breed it with that and make this I mean, how many people just sell for pet? Not a lot. Most of the time, it's people are gearing more towards breeding, so, which is fine. I'm not. I'm which not, is I guess fine. what I'm saying though, which, you, know, every, you can breed, each but you don't have to breed Everybody, fifty animals in order to be legitimate. That, that, you can have three pairings and be legitimate. <laughs> you can have you can have no pairings. You can have a bunch of freaking females and be legitimate. It's you can do whatever you want. And you can be a legitimate contender in the reptile industry, and you don't necessarily have to breed. Because you know what? You may observe something out of your small collection of all female, say, diamond pythons, that we've never observed in in anything that might change how we see this, that, or the other thing. So don't ever think just because you don't breed that you're not significant. And don't ever think just because you breed a little bit that you're not significant. Everybody is significant in the reptile industry to us. We're nice people. So, you know, and you also don't have to breed every animal in your collection. I mean, that's another bottom line thing. So, no. 
you can you can be very should be selective. Yeah, you should be selective about it. But but uh, well, thing that's circling around where somebody's like, I spoke to someone at Tinley this weekend, and he informed me that you can breed a green tree python to an animal tree boa. Is this true? Has anybody tried that? I'm like, please, somebody be trolling right now, please, just (laughs) please, please don't let this have happened. (laughs) Like, tell me it's a lie. Yeah. Crazy, ain't it? Well, yeah, remember, there was somebody that came up. I don't know if this is, well, yeah, I'll say it. What the heck? Do it. You know, so I'm at the table, you know, and I have. uh, (laughs) Oh, is this this a kid? This this, this is more of a funny story than anything, you know. Uh, I I think Zach was ready to punch him in square in the head, but. uh, Great. So this guy comes. Actually, it wasn't a guy. It was a, it was a young kid, man. He and you got to He was wearing a shirt that said "I am a reptile expert" or something like that on it. So, yeah. so it was incredible. I'm sitting, I'm sitting there, and he comes up, and he's looking at the uh, the stuff I have on the table, and he's like, "Wow!" And he's looking, looking, looking. Albino zebra jag I have on the table. I have not for sale on it. The reason I brought the albino zebra jag is because I had a zebra jag had albino. And I wanted to show people what an albino zebra jag looked like because there's not a lot of them yeah. out there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next thing I know, he says, so if you were going to sell that, how much would you sell it for? I think I said uh, 2500 Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he says, oh, I would think you would get more for that. And, I, and then like, he walks away. He walks away where you don't have any room for rebuttal or anything. He points and walks. He grabs his girlfriend by the hand and all his little buddies, and they walk the hell away. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> look on your I, face. I've never seen that look on your face before. It was like pure rage. And I'm like, yes. Well, yes. I wasn't that I was – I wasn't mad. I, I, I guess – It was shocked. It was I like, guess what – no. You, you know what it – what it gave me insight into mm-hmm. is like what people deal with probably more so than I do oh, on Facebook, like, whatever, is that you have these people, obviously this kid, I, I could be totally wrong on this, but I don't know who he is. Uh, nobody in carpet row knew who he was. So yeah. I don't think he has his finger on the pulse of the carpet Python morph market or the carpet python uh you know what things are what's the going rate of different morphs and whatnot and to come along and sort of i think i think the thing that sort of like maybe had maybe have that look on my face was the fact that he said it in such a way that he was saying that i didn't know what i was talking about and he was yeah. the expert and I don't Eric, claim to be an expert at bitch. all, but it was just like kind of like wow, like wow, just really kind of wow, like you know, I, if you would if he would have said something along the lines of twenty five hundred, wow, I, I I I thought maybe they would be worth you know five thousand uh, dollars, you know, wow, I've never seen that, crazy. Right, yeah, you know, like, yeah, talk, have an exchange, no, he's walked the fuck away. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of kind of crazy, and then I just kind of took a deep breath and said the word tolerance and <laughs> went about my day. Well, but, it's funny because then you and I talked about it, and, and we said that I, I see that at reptile shows all the time. 
were to the point where I said I wanted to make a sign for my displays that said whatever your boyfriend just whispered into your ear about carpet pythons is probably wrong. Ask the breeder. He's the guy standing behind the table. So it's because it, it, it happens more often than not. You see people pointing and talking and whispering to each other. And you say hello. They say hello back to you. And you say, hey, if you got any questions, if you want to see any animals, let me know. They say, okay. And then they whisper and they point. And the last thing you hear is, nah, these things are mean. And then they walk away. Come on. And it's the people who actually start asking you questions or see the animals are the ones who actually are like, oh, my God, I didn't know. Well, yeah, or this, that, and the other thing. It's it, it, it sometimes people think that they know everything because they've read about it somewhere or heard about it somewhere, and they never take the extra step to actually learn about it from for their from themselves. So I understand if the next thing out of the mouth was like, you know, I held one of the show once and it bit me in the eye. Then I'm like, all right, you've learned. You, you, you tried it. <laughs> I can't really knock you anymore. But if you've never even, like, bothered asking or talking, you might be missing out on a species that you might be really enthused about. So, yeah. That's my that this is my suggestion to everybody. It is my my, my homework for everybody. If you're gonna go to a reptile show, try to find an animal you've never actually had anything interaction about, talk to a breeder, hold it once or twice, and then move on. Even if you yeah. say no or crap, whatever, just try to try to expand your horizons, damn it. So <laughs> that's your yeah. homework. I expect yeah. reports on my desk later. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I didn't realize how late this went. Uh, I thought oh my that God. we would be, uh, you know, oh, looking to fill <laughs> the time. Um, we are officially kicking off the uh, 2016 calendar contest. Um, yeah. As of uh, tomorrow, uh, yeah. we will be have uh, everything up and uh, ready to go. Um so what we decided to do, um, because we have 12 categories, is we mm-hmm. have a cat- category for Erin Jayas, Darwin's, Jungles, Coastals, Diamonds, Inlands, Breadlie, Chondros, Rough Scales, uh, some type of morph of uh, Morelia, um, mm-hmm. and um, Bolins. We left Bolins in there, and yes, uh, Morelia, etc. So Morelia, yeah. et cetera, really encompasses anything other than Morelia. Doesn't have to be Morelia, yeah. Could be Iasis, yeah. could be a blue tongue yes. skink, yes. could be the uh, blood python, could blood be... python, yeah. yeah, anything. Anything you freaking um, want. So basically, we're a little late to the party with the uh, calendar contest, but I know um, <laughs> it's all right. We're going to run it from uh, 10 uh, tomorrow, which is, what, 10-14, and it's going to close at 11-7. So November 7th at 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when we're going to stop take uh, submissions. And then on the 11, uh, November 10th show, uh, we will have the winners announced. And, uh, you know, that's always a, a fun show. Um, i got to get in touch with David D., but he was the right. winner last year of the Morelia of the Year, and right. uh, he'll he'll be coming on and uh, guest judging. Open up the vote for this one, yeah, yeah. So, um, so That's each year we get a little, <laughs> each year we get a little bit better at this. But um, right. this year we're gonna do um, 
based on three criteria. Uh, one, obviously, is the snake. So the prettier your snake is or the better example of the species or the morph or whatever the category is, um, you know, you can get five points. Um, the quality of the picture, you know, is the animal in focus? Uh, yep. You know, is uh, the lighting good? Is the uh, the pose good, et cetera, et cetera? Um, you know, another five points. Creativity of the picture, um, basically that will break down to, you know, something other than, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Is it in a tub? Is it in a tree? <laughs> Is it, you know... The yeah. action shot, yeah, blah blah blah, stuff like that. So creativity, yeah. be creative. Yeah. So. Um, I know in years past, like uh, Wayne Larks, he put, um, he had uh, some exantic out on a fence, and uh, you know, yeah. had some uh, red flowers on the tree or something that really yeah. made the animal pop, and uh, you know, just Get things that like one that. Over water. Yeah. Yeah. So. So based on that, then you get the five points. Obviously, we're all going to judge and put our, you know, put our thoughts based off of that criteria. Give a score, the person with the highest score, and obviously, you know, based on the fact that we will be scoring it, obviously, you know. So you could have a really, really nice snake, but if you don't take a good picture of it, yeah, it might not win. Um, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, we're looking for really quality pictures, calendar quality pictures is what this we're is looking for. This is going on a calendar, yeah. So, you know, take your time, do it right, and, you know, obviously use a camera other than your cell phone. I mean, it's yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, you, we want you guys to try. We want it to look good, you know, and then that's the worst one. We've had several animals that have been, like, killer animals that are just, like, pictured in like their tub or you know it's all crappy and grainy and it's like i would love for this thing to be a part of the calendar but the picture is a piece of shit so correct you know take your time do it right right uh so what happens then is is that all those categories if so if somebody were to win the erie and jaya category uh they're going to get their uh, picture in the calendar and then mm -hmm. you also are thrown in for a chance to win um, the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Morelia of the year. So basically okay. at that point, then we then judge um, uh, from the 12, which is the Morelia of the year. Um, yeah. you know, which, and it could, which... could be an IJ, it could be a Carpondro, yeah. it could be uh, a Bolins, it could be whatever. But whatever it is, that's that's how that happened. So, oh, what do you win? Yeah, best in show, I guess you would say. Somewhere. Well, I mean, well, it's funny you said that you and I were talking earlier, and you said that we're including this Morelia, et cetera, category this year. You're like, does that mean that Morelia of the year could be like a Fuscus? And I'm like, if the Morelia people don't get off their asses and take good pictures, yeah. So, <laughs> don't let that happen. Yeah. Don't make us Yeah, do that. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, I know we've done different things to where what people win and da 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 da. Yeah. But uh, yeah. see, this is where it costs us money. Um, you yeah. win a free calendar if you are yeah. in the top in the twelve and chosen, um, and then you win the chance of Morelia of the year. 
And if you win Morelia of the Year, basically what we do is we make up a trophy, which for some reason I don't know. I didn't get the one from last year, so i got to get on that and see what happens. Weird. Um, oh, well. But <laughs> you get a, a Morelia Trophy of the Year, which is basically just, you know, Morelia Python Radio, the year, and the picture, and it's in a nice little, you know, trophy Congrats. thing. Yeah, a little cool. frame thing. Yeah, yeah. So, Nice. If you're at a show, or whatever, you know, what does it mean? I don't know. Maybe you want to put it in your snake you room. You can post maybe. it up. I, uh, hell maybe it doesn't mean shit. Want. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, then then you get the uh, that. And I guess the cool thing is, is that for the following year, in 2017, you get to come back and you get to be a guest judge uh, for the next year. Um, so that's kind of the, the stipulations, um, as far as the rules, um, we're, the big thing is, is that, uh, we're just trying to get people to like the Facebook page. So I guess the most important thing is, is that you have to like the Facebook page. That's number one. Um, so if you're not liking the Facebook page, then we're not going to count it. Um. Uh, hold on. Okay, you're good. Um, and um, that's where the uh everything is going to be. Uh, so that you can go and and post up your um uh, pictures there. Uh, the way I had it last year is it's like individual categories, like individual albums. Um, and then you can go and and post it up there. So uh. I'll put the links up, et cetera, and we'll go we'll we'll go from there. Um what else? Uh like we said, calendar quality picks, no cell phone picks, no tub shots, all that kind of stuff. Uh and it must be an animal that you own. It can't be somebody else's snake. It has to be your snake. However, somebody else can take the picture. Um, that's not a problem because maybe you're not the best photographer, but you have the best Morelia, uh, whether it's carpet, python, chondro, or whatever. Uh, if you get somebody to come along and, uh, take the pics, just make sure that they are giving permission for you to submit that because it's going to go on a calendar and it's also going to go on the MoreliaPythonRadio.com banner at the top. So sometimes that can be tricky, you know, certain photographers may, you know, copyrights or whatever. Um, we're not going to pay somebody to use the picture. So you have to make sure that they're okay with you letting you uh, submit it and, um, uh, you know, um, put the uh, put the picture in a calendar and, and, and not expect royalties or anything like that. Um so let's see, what else do we got? Uh, basically, that's it. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, you can always shoot an email to info at moreliapythonradio.com. Uh, it should be cool, uh, you know, and it's cool to have a calendar with one of your animals in it. Uh, you know, everybody needs a calendar, especially in your snake room. You can write upcoming shows. You can also write... Um, you can also write, uh, you know, when when you saw lockups and ovulations and all that kind of stuff. And 
Uh, it's always good. I know Owen, he's always writing all over his uh, all his shows and all that kind of yeah, stuff. So all my uh, all my hatch dates and things like that are on there. So yeah. or when the hell I see anything happening. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's a cool thing. Uh, it's just something to uh, yeah, and you don't have to be from the U.S. Uh, you know, I mean, the first year we kind of did it, and it was kind of weird. We kind of split it up because it was. You know, you had to be. We had the winners from Australia. Obviously, we can't send animals. And then we did one year where it had animals. Uh, well, those animals made it back to me and Owen. So then we kind of thought maybe that's not the way to do it. That's the way to stop that. Yeah, it's enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess so. it's just make it simple. You just get the award, the trophy, whatever, and you get the calendar. So if you if you if you win and your picture is in the calendar, you get a free calendar. So that's kind of how it goes. And then you can, and then if you win the rally of the year, you can come back and judge next year, and you can yeah, all that fun stuff. What sucks is that if you're if you're a judge, you can't participate. Like this year, Dave D cannot participate, and you and I yeah. can never participate. So no. it's, like, it's that's always the terrible part. So yeah, which sucks because uh, you know, kind of pictures is a cool thing for me, but. It is what it is. I don't want it to be ever to where our animals, you know, people may think, oh, well, you know, it's fixed or whatever. So we just sort of stay out of it and let somebody else. Let it go and do all have this problem. So, so, yeah, so that'll be uh, up tomorrow. Um, uh, as soon as I get home from work, I'll post it up and then we can uh, start the contest. So probably later, uh, later evening, you know, early evening, uh, look for that. Um, that's probably when most of you will be listening to this podcast anyway. So uh, later, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, later today. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's Perfect. all I have. We're still up in the air for the guests next week, but the following week on the 28th, that's when we have Scott Eper coming on, and we'll be talking about field herping Australia. Nice. So it should be nice. should be a fun show. So if anybody has questions or any kind of uh, things that they were curious about as far as um, field herping in Australia would go, uh, send them over. Uh, you can PM them to me or Owen, or you can uh, just send them to info at moreliopythonradio.com, and uh, we'll be sure to ask Scott all about it. Um, we're going to get a, you know, sort of a, uh, sort of like uh, pictures hopefully going um, during the thing. I guess we'll probably be posting them up in our group message and um, on our Facebook page as it's going through. Uh, so if you want to get in on the group message, just send me a, a message and I'll add you in. Um, but uh, that, The group message is on Facebook. I know we had yes. some confusion with a few people who were like thinking it was over on Blog Talk. It is on Facebook. If you want to be in the group message, just send us a PM, and we'll make sure you're included in next week's uh, group message on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so that's really all I have, and uh, we'll just go through the closing. I don't know if you have anything else, Owen. Uh, I got nothing. Okay. So <laughs> please check out our website, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at info at MoreliaPythonRadio dot com. Uh you can follow us on our Facebook page, which is Morelia Python Radio, on our Twitter page at Morelia Python. Um 
If you uh, want to do some research on carpets or other Morelia, be sure to check out the forum, uh, Morelia Pythons. There's a ton of info there, a ton of uh, back history and everything that you would need in uh, order to um, answer some questions that you may have about carpets or chondros or rough scales or whatever the case. But um, mm-hmm. be sure to check it out. Also, um, if you are a seller or if you're uh, looking for some nice Moralia, be sure to go over and check out the Face Group page, Reader Direct Moralia Python Classifieds. That's where you're getting an animal directly from the person that produced it. Uh, no mm-hmm. flipovers, no, I bought this animal, now I'm selling it. This is something that that person produced. They can show you a picture of the parents and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so... What the hell are you doing again? Nothing. <laughs> Muted. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can uh, you check out that Facebook uh, group page um, for some cool stuff uh, that tons of cool people over there post, no doubt. Um, and our Facebook group page really is Morelia Pick of the Week. Uh, you can go over there and check out all the... Um, uh, different uh, carpets, chondros, everything. Uh, that's a uh, that's a that's a really cool group of people, and you get to see some really cool uh, Morelia. Um, so if you're not a member, send us a request, and we can uh, hook you up. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I think that's uh, except for me, EB Morelia. Check out my website, ebmorelia.com. You can follow me on my Facebook page at EB Morelia. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter under EB Morelia. Any of those things, um, you know, I have some animals available. If you're interested, uh, shoot me an email at eric at ebmorelia.com or I also place ads both on my Facebook page and in the Breeder Direct Morelia Python Classifieds. Uh, that's all I have. What do you got, Owen? Uh, what I got is you can check us out at rogue-reptiles.com or you can go on facebook.com and just look up Rogue Reptiles. Um, currently, we have this Saturday is the Hamburg Reptile Show for us, and I think that'll be the last show we have until, uh, what the hell is it, October? That'll be the last show I think we'll have until December. So uh, if you're going to be, what? December, right? Hamburg? Yeah, yeah, December. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to be in the area or you're going to be at the show, stop by the table, say hi. Um, we should still have a few things left, but we are kind of running low on babies at the moment. we got to wait for the 2016s. Uh, I did draw up our pairs for 2016. I have not announced them quite yet because I'm not really sure what we're doing by far of everything, you know, breeding-wise, but uh, we will talk about those in the next coming weeks, so keep an eye peeled for that if you want to be on any lists. Just let us know. And, yeah, that's all I got. So what I will say is if you're coming to Hamburg, I'll see you Saturday. Um, if not, we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Markland and I 
created the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is... It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination, full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords, and use our Buy It Now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder, then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. 